Hey, everybody. Hi, friends. Well, coming to you from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, the Mormons are up to it again. Well, yeah, they're, uh, they're, 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 they've made some changes. This one was a surprise. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's not shocking, but it caught me by surprise. Yeah, me too. It's not the kind of thing that happens every day. We'll give you some context. Yeah. We'll tell you what's up. Yeah. On the what's what's brewing on the second half of the show? Downtown Salt Lake City. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that wonderful Temple Square. <laughs> it's so pretty. If you haven't been there, people, you really should see it. Oh, it's gorgeous. But have a good stiff drink before you. Oh, oh it. yeah. Be drunk for, for the love <laughs> of God. Can't, you can't take that thing sober. No. No way. Well, you can. It's just f- more fun. Yeah. If you're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's the Christmas lights. Yeah, well, the Christmas... I love the Christmas. And it... But that's also more fun if you're drunk. Yeah, but you can take it without alcohol. And please, if you go with friends, just, you know, hold someone's hand who's of your same gender just to fuck with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. That's fun. Anyway, uh, hey, I, I wanted to tell you about um, a law that has been proposed not, oh. not here in Utah. Oh, where? Uh, this where is in Iowa. Hmm. Okay. In, in the in in the independent state of Iowa. Hmm. They uh. Now, mind you, this this probably won't even be voted on this year. Right. Um, but it did make it out of a committee. Uh. And oh, this really? is a law. Okay. So the bill essentially would make no fault divorces illegal in Iowa <laughs> for parents of of underage children. Oh, oh, yeah. So they have to stay together <laughs> through raising the children. This is the Once theory. Once the kids are raised and out of the nest, then they can have a no-fault divorce. Then they hate. E- then their hate for each other can lead to no longer being married. I don't know. That seems problematic. It's, you think? <laughs> really? I, I can come up with a few reasons why I, well, I find it problematic. You haven't heard the justification for mm. why they're doing it. Okay. It's, it makes total sense. Even though I think I know. You'll be on board as soon as you okay. hear this. I guarantee. Right. Okay. <clears throat> uh, uh, basically, so uh, I sincerely believe, says uh, Representative Todd, Ted Gassman, mm-hmm. uh, a Republican, mm. Uh, I sincerely believe that the family is the foundation of this nation, and this and this nation will go the direction of our families. So, okay, he said. Okay, he said if if families break up, so will this nation. Oh, oh, but that's not the only argument. Wow, that's a good argument. I mean, though. it's strong. That I we don't want the nation to break up. I don't anyway. Well, I mean, then... frankly, I would be okay with an amicable divorce with Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could agree on a no-fault. It's yeah. nobody's fault. No, 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 no. It just it's didn't work out. Didn't you know, work we out. tried. Yeah. They can no. take some of the other... We don't know. You know what? I'm going to hold off judging the South until we go on our trip. That's true. I'm not going to okay. judge the South. Good. Never Good mind. Dan. I've and been there. I'll judge it. You can judge it all you want. <laughs> I, I will judge it later. <laughs> Uh, by the way, people still keep sending us your your recommendations for crazy shit to see in the South because yeah. we're we're going. We're def- it's definitely happening. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, so so here's the other here's the other reason why you can't you you shouldn't be able to get a divorce a no fault divorce. Oh right, in Iowa. Right. Okay. Um, this is Gasman again talking about his uh, his granddaughter. 
oh, whose parents no. recently divorced. Oh, no. He said, there's a 16-year-old girl in this whole mix now. Guess what? What are the possibilities of her being more promiscuous? What are the possibilities of all these other things surrounding her life that a 16-year-old girl with hormones raging can get herself into? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> also makes a lot of sense. You know, the guy is just, he's a clear thinker. Yeah. That's what... hes it's Clearly, he's thought this whole thing through. Here's, you know, uh, <laughs> it's just amazing. we got to keep our, our young girls from getting promiscuous. Because their parents Because divorce? their parents are divorcing. Is that what leads young girls to promiscuity? It's a slippery slope, my friend. Here's what's funny. I, a friend of mine posted a thing on Facebook recently, and he's, he's one of the more incisive minds that I know. Okay. And he posted a thing on Facebook pointing out that it has become totally acceptable in modern media to use a slippery slope argument as your argument. Like in mm. politics and, and media, mm. they say, you know, this is a slippery slope, not realizing that the origin of the phrase slippery slope is a logical fallacy. Absolutely, yeah. And they're using it like they're like oh, they're using they're using the actual phrase slippery slope right as though that's a that's a good thing you know right. we got it we we understand how this works it's a slippery because slope it's a slippery slope yeah yeah I've I mean, used the phrase before <laughs> I, I've had some things at work go down and I'm like it's a slippery slope <laughs> if he gets his way on this it's a slippery slope and we're all screwed yeah the whole but I just I love it. It's it is literally it's it's a lot I mean what we're describing here it's like it's like them saying I don't know. But what I love is it's a slippery slope to what half the time. Well yeah to what I mean it's it, well almost always the end of that slope is people having sex with animals. I'm not sure how it works, <laughs> but the end of every slippery slope on in like Fox News uh, has a bunch of slippery slopes, and somehow they all end with humans having yeah. sex with animals. Yeah, well, her parents get a divorce, and then the sixteen-year-old girl she come she she's promiscuous, promiscuous, and then that's not enough. Yeah, eventually, anymore. eventually, after a while, her promiscuity she's looking she, gets old. Yeah, she's bored you know, with boys, bored with boys. She tries girls. Well, yeah, that's going to happen. That's obviously going to happen. If, then she gets bored with girls. Yeah, and where's she going to look? Obviously, the, farm animals. The, you're right. The barn. <laughs> That's where you go. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense to me. All slippery slopes lead to bestia. <laughs> <laughs> now I have this picture in my head of like this barn with all these slides that yeah. just enter into it. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> all these all these state legislators just falling in. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's who they're really worried about. Well, yeah. If, I mean, you're in a, if you're a state legislator, and sorry if <laughs> any of our listeners happen to be a state legislator, I would hope you're probably better than seems to be most of them. Yeah. If you, they, I think they just, they, they live in this constant state of fear of what they're, what they're capable of doing. I think so. You know? I think and so. so they're like, oh, we have to legislate that away. Yeah. Because God, especially be, here in Utah. Because it's, what, it's what's lurking in the back of their mind. Yeah. I, th I think that every I think, you know, there should be a panel of of like psychology professors, not psychology, sorry, philosophy professors that mm -hmm. sit at every legislative session. <laughs> and when someone makes an actual fallacious argument, like <laughs> one that cannot be one that cannot be anything but a fallacy, like a slippery slope argument. I'm pretty sure most of our they wouldn't get a lot said. I'm saying that, like, if the red light goes off and the siren sounds, 
I think maybe they'd start actually trying to craft decent messages. No, they would they would throw <laughs> out the philosophers, right? <laughs> they would come well, up with yeah. some fallacious argument against <laughs> philosophy. I just what a, what a great day that would be. Yeah. The day when the when the red with the I want a red flashing light and I want sirens. Yeah. I want I want there to be an ooga. Ooga. <laughs> it would be constant. <laughs> it would be. It'd be it would, that's just yeah. Somebody, somebody happen. make a film of that. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway. Well, um, it's been a big week. Has it? Yeah. Some shit's gone down, Dan. Oh? Well, kind Do of. tell. I guess in Venezuela. Oh, well, yes. There was, there was, a, there was a big week. There was a big, there was a, uh, a man who, who was now apparently going to be embalmed and displayed. No, oh, I didn't hear about that yeah. part of the story. Yeah. Hugo Chavez, for those of you who did not hear, uh, passed away. He was the... Uh, he was the president of uh, Venezuela. Yeah, and by president, I think we mean dictator. <laughs> you mean um, president that you don't get to have any choice about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, he'd set himself up as as an with with all the trappings of of uh, democracy, but not a lot of the actual right functions of it. But anyways, um, and he was a socialist, yeah. which pissed a lot of people off in this country and yeah. he didn't like the united states no which pissed even more people off in this country didn't prevent him from selling us oil but. no yeah oh my my parents though they uh, they were part of the sitco um uh boycott because they have sitco gas stations or uh -huh. used to i don't oh think and sitco was buying from sitco venezuela was somehow associated with venezuelan oil i can't remember exactly what it was and so they were like oh, we're not we're not supporting that hugo chavez mm. um but anyways so he passed away and um there was a lot of celebration sure amongst you know in the u.s in the u.s there was keening and tearing of hair and gnashing of teeth in venezuela probably yeah and also some celebration um but he, chavez i mean i'd heard about like um you know Mah mahmoud ahmadinejad's um, visit to Venezuela, mm. I think like last a couple years ago. I can't remember exactly. Now, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad—he's the guy that he's, owns the Seven Eleven down by my. <laughs> he owned the Sitgo that was selling. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. No, um, he is the president of Iran. Right. Um, and uh, so, anyways, so he—I mean, you know—he's kind of an anti-American type as well. What I know. What in Iran? How is that possible? How could he possibly? It's not you know, like he does stuff specifically just to piss off the Americans. <laughs> yeah. Well, the whole regime. But anyways, um, nonetheless, um, they uh, Ahmadinejad and Chavez had formed some sort of friendship um, mm. in, in their mutual um, distrust and whatnot of the United States and our foreign policy and what have you. And uh, anyways, so... Um, he uh this week after Chavez passed away mm. um he he said that um that 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 Chavez this is ah Ahmadinejad said that Chavez will resurrect with Jesus <laughs> <laughs> He was a big fan that yeah that's something yeah both all elements of that every <laughs> if you break that down into the smallest pieces you can <laughs> it's all great <laughs> i love every point that you've just made yeah <laughs> and so yeah he um he was he really thought highly of, Dear, of, yeah. of hugo chavez 
I'm going to start praying to Chavez because clearly he's standing next to Jesus then. Oh, yeah. He's got his ear. But if you pray to Jesus, then it's like he's getting prayers left and right. Well, I don't think that that's, that's the point that Ahmadinejad is No, but what make. I'm saying is if I want to get a message to Jesus really quick and I don't mm-hmm. want to be like put on hold, yeah, I'm going to go to Chavez. I'm going to be like, oh, hey, yeah. Chavez, will you just tell Jesus that I said X? Well, we all need a good intermediary with yeah. Jesus. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hello. But um, it, it raised an interesting question for me, which, of course, is, um, excuse me, isn't Ahmadinejad Muslim? We, we Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I know that, the, that, that Jesus fits into the whole, you know. Muslim theology. Muslim and theology and blah, sure. blah, blah. Um, but I wasn't quite aware of how far that really goes, yeah. apparently. Um. And so I found this little page that's like, um, it, it's uh, it's explaining Jesus from the Islamic point of view, mm. uh, or Muslim point of view. Uh, it says, uh, do Muslims believe he was a messenger of one God? Yes. Do Muslims believe he was born of a Virgin Mary, or a Virgin Mother? Yes. Mm. Okay. Well, we've talked about that before. Muslims are equally deluded that virgins can have children. Yes. Um, this is true. Uh, do Muslims believe Jesus had a miraculous birth? Yes, indeed. You would have to. If you believe in the virgin birth, yeah. there's something miraculous going on. that something, yeah. Right. Um, do Muslims believe Jesus spoke in the cradle? Yes. Spoke in the cradle? Yes. Do Christians believe that Jesus spoke in the cradle? I don't think so. <laughs> um, so that must the, have been one of the Gospels that didn't yeah. make the cut. This is from the Quran. It says, Then she, Mary, pointed to him. They said, How can we talk to one who is a child in the cradle? He, Jesus, said, Verily, I'm a slave of God. <laughs> he has given me scripture and made me a prophet. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Do Muslims believe he performed miracles? What do you think? Yeah. Yes. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. You're right. Uh, Muslims, like Christians, believe Jesus performed miracles, but these were performed by the will and permission of God, who has power and control over all things. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, well, yeah. Do Muslims believe in the Trinity? No. Of course not. Um, <laughs> do Muslims believe that Jesus was the Son of God? Oh, that's an interesting one. I'm gonna say yes. No. Ah, I thought we were all. Do, they don't. They don't go in for that. Everybody's a son of God thing. No. They say um, this is from the Quran. Say God is unique. God, the source of everything. He has not fathered anyone, nor was he fathered, and okay. there is nothing comparable to him. Well, that's where they diverge from the Mormons. Then, yeah. The, the Quran also states, yeah, very much so. Um, Such was Jesus, the son of Mary. It is this, a statement of truth about which. They vainly dispute. It is not befitting to the majesty of God that he would beget a son or beget a son. Glory be to him. When he determines a matter, he only says it. He only says to it, be, and it is. Mm. Yeah. I wish I could do that. I know, right? The other day I wanted a sandwich really bad. And I was like, be a sandwich. And it didn't happen. <laughs> well, what were you telling to be a sandwich? Well, it's just like, no, I just wanted to say be sandwich. Oh, and then yeah. it would be. Yeah. Be sandwich, but it wasn't. Mm. And behold, he looked and it was not a sandwich. <laughs> and it there and the air. sandwich did not come forth mm. and there was gnashing of teeth. 
Mm, because that's all you had yeah, for I didn't, your teeth to I, Yeah, I, to, I had to gnash to my own teeth. I couldn't gnash <laughs> into a nice sandwich. Do Muslims believe Jesus was killed on the cross then resurrected? Yes. No. Oh. He, what, what part are we disputing? The resurrection? Well, oh, let's, it let's must be the resurrection because uh, he hasn't been resurrected yet because Chavez hasn't come back. Ding, 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 okay. ding, ding. But I'm, I'm here's what the out. Quran has to say about it. They did not kill him, nor did they crucify him, but they thought they did. Mm. Oh. <laughs> uh, mm. God lifted I know what happened. God he went to Japan, him. remember? Yeah, that's true. But I don't think, <laughs> I don't think Allah had anything it's all, to do with it. It's that. all falling together. It's uh, all falling in says, place. God lifted him up to his presence. God is almighty, all wise. I want a cookie. Yeah, you can't eat a cookie. I can't have a cookie. No. Sorry, I was reaching for a cookie. But I can't have one. You can't eat okay. a cookie. I'm not going to eat a cookie for you. Did you see what I, what I sacrificed for our listeners? Oh, damn. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. Oh, no, that's it. Okay. That, that's my little bit about Islam. That's, I think that's great. So he's coming yeah. back. He's going to have Chavez in tow. <laughs> yes. And uh, According to Amadeus. <laughs> who I didn't realize was such a like an expert on such matters. Oh, well... When you get to that, you don't get to that level mm. uh, of whatever he is, because he's not like we—he's the president. But everybody, we all assume in America that he's like calling shots over there. But it's—it's it's not him. It's the supreme leader, exactly. But yeah. nobody ever talks about him because he doesn't do anything. He doesn't like—he doesn't come out and make like big statements about Chavez or whatever. Yeah, yeah. His brand of crazy kind of is a little different. Nefarious, yeah. Anyhow, I don't trust him. All right. Anyway, yeah. Chavez, did you? So what you didn't know is that Chavez is not unlike Stalin and Eva Peron before him. He's going to be like preserved his body and put on display. Awesome. Yeah, Good. sure. I kind of want that for me. Ew. I kind of want to. I want to be I, not preserved. I want to be stuffed and mounted <laughs> in a really fun position, like yeah. maybe an action pose. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I don't know, Dan. And then I want like motion detectors put in my eyes so that when people walk by, walk by me, a voice will my voice will come through saying, "Hey, pal, put her there," or <laughs> just a whole bunch. I'll I'll pre-record a whole bunch of of uh, of different things that my body will say as you walk past. Pull a string. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. In your bag, middle of your bag. Sure, I like that too. <laughs> anyway, so from Chavez. From from South America. We're, mm. we're moving forward uh, to the real America. Mm. Our America. <laughs> okay. Um, what have you got? There's a problem. Oh, no. Uh, and this, uh, thankfully, someone's calling it out. Uh, and that someone is Southern Baptist leader Richard Land. Mm. He is the president of... Of the Southern Baptist Convention's Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. Okay. Uh, so, big shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, clearly. Uh, he went on a show. He went on the Heritage Foundation's Istook Live radio, oh boy. radio show. Oh, boy. And they were talking about the Boy Scouts. <laughs> okay. It's never good when religious people these days talk about the Boy Scouts. Because uh, especially... they're not talking about the Boy Scouts. They're talking about the gays. Yeah. And, uh, and he, their own closeted <laughs> sexuality. Right, right. Well, no. Here's here's what? here's what we're talking about this okay. time, though. There's a new prejudice in town. Oh, and it's against 
anti-gay people. <laughs> Let me tell you something. What? People, he, according to him, <laughs> people who hate homosexuality, who who disagree with it. I love the phrase "disagree with homosexuality." Disagree away, people. You, well, you can't disagree Dis- with it. It's Dis- there. It's no, like I saying I disagree with the color brown. Yeah. I disagree That's with that. That's what I'm saying. Just fine. Yeah, <laughs> color brown keeps on yeah, being brown. You, you can choose to disagree, but <laughs> I disagree with houses. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe in those. Unnatural. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So here's, he said that the uh, the 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 people like him who don't like who disagree with homosexuality are in danger of being ostracized in society. And put to the margins like the KKK. <laughs> what? Well, no, wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. He's not okay. I he's, get what saying, he's saying he doesn't want to be pushed over there with the KKK. Right. It's almost as if it's almost as if he's being treated like a bigot. <laughs> it's almost as if that's that's as far as it's going. He wow. said, <laughs> "This is this is about you and 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 your gay cohorts. You ready for this?" They do not believe in a live and let live philosophy. <laughs> I, I believe that's sort of the basis. What you're doing, what you are doing, Frank, is not tolerating his not intolerance of you. I don't have to tolerate it. See, you don't believe in live and let live. <laughs> no. You don't believe in accepting his not live and let live philosophy. <laughs> Why can't you just be live and let live about his being not live and let live? Yeah. Frank. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. That's amazing. Uh, so he's calling for people be, to have a live and let live attitude about him? About the people who don't like, about the, the anti-gay Live bigots. and let live <laughs> doesn't mean that you also get to put exclusions and limitations right. on live and let live. Well, let live me, and let you live know what, let me let me quote you... him a little further because because I think we're, we need to be fair to him. Okay, let's be fair. He says, let's be very clear about what their agenda is. Mm, their agenda, agenda. I love the gay agenda. And he, he nails it at first. Okay. Their agenda is to have the homosexual lifestyle affirmed by society as healthy and normal and perfectly acceptable to young people. And to have those who disagree with that ostracized to the level of being Ku Klux Klansmen. <laughs> Fine. Correct. Everything there you sounds great. You are right. Sir. Everything sounds great. You are. But he goes on. No, no, no. That's, oh. I, I mean, it's he. It's the kids thing that I mean. He does go on and he says he says that uh, you know, the Boy Scouts, uh, scout leaders, the 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 gay the the new rules allowing gay scout leaders and stuff, uh, allowing gay scout leaders would lead to quote boys and men who are going to end up in relationships that are going oh to be tragic. God. Oh my God! And the, no, and, and that you, the that you, the LGBT community was recruiting down in the grade school levels for homosexual clubs, which was tantamount to child abuse. <laughs> you know, oh, can, I, can someone world. please tell me what kind of a world it is we live in when you can't hate a gay person and without <laughs> being ostracized? <gasps> Jesus Christ! I know. All I want to do is hate gay people like a like a normal good Christian. Yeah. And yet I'm being treated like I'm some kind of a jerk for doing it. You know what? Here's the deal with me. <laughs> I 
you know what? Hate away. I don't care that you hate. Right. Like what you want to and believe what you want to believe in your stupid church. You know, that's great. Go believe. Be be hateful behind closed doors. And but you know keep it to yourself. Yeah. And part and, of that keeping it and to that yourself doesn't get to come into legislation. You don't get to come. Yeah. You don't get to come out and and get all over my rights. <laughs> That's what you're asking me to do is to not let is to not get all up in your grill. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I can't believe that just came out. Of my head. <laughs> but so do the same for me. No. And that he's he won't. And you know why? He's yeah. protecting the children. Will someone please do something for the children? The, the, you mean the gay children? No, the children that you're going to have inappropriate relations with. I'm not going to have inappropriate relations with any child. No, wait a minute. Are you gay? Yes. Then obviously you are. <laughs> because that's what gay people do. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just... Oh, God. You know, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm with you. I kind of love this guy. I, there's just something great about like, yeah, you know, I, I, I really, I can't believe I'm not allowed to hate without people coming down on me. Like I'm being a jerk. I, you know, and even if he wants to speak up a little bit, I think mm. it's good for the movement in the long run to hear hate and to yeah. see hate and to understand and for, for young people to see the difference. This you know, guy, this guy young is people great. grow up and, 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 and they hear hate and they mm. see people who are not preaching hate. Right. Because the fact of the matter is, I mean, gay people aren't like as a group going around trying to end conservative religion. No. But that's not that's not part of the gay agenda. No. And so it's like I think so actually he summed up the gay agenda our, really, really yeah, well. He did. He did. He did a great job of it. <laughs> if you want to call it the gay agenda, then great, whatever. But like, you know, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. But this care. guy this guy is the same guy who back in the uh Back in uh, I don't know sometime last year, around this time last year, he would the, there was the Trayvon Martin thing, and apparently he made some comments about how black leaders were exploiting it for political gain. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this man! Yeah, he's a he's wow. a peach. He's also a very handsome gentleman. Is he? No. Oh, okay. He's like I was going to cut him some slack if he actually was. Cause <laughs> <laughs> Here, you want to see him? Sure. Look at that. Look at how good looking that, that <laughs> fella is. Oh, dude. Oh. He looks. He looks exactly. Uh, everyone, get in your mind the image of this guy that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> he needs a facial. That's all I'm saying. And maybe a stylist. But he just needs to leave the facial on permanently. <laughs> just needs to cover that just, up. Just, just a, a mud facial. Just a mud, mud mask. A mud mask that, he's, just, that he just leaves That's on. it. That's it. That's my new face. You know, his hair has to look that bad because no gay man will do it for him. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to have decent looking hair yeah. if you can't do the gay thing? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, he needs to find... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> oh, he needs a makeover. <laughs> Queer eye for the hateful guy. (laughs) (laughs) The homophobic guy. Oh, no. He's the whole time. He's just like in complete (laughs) physical shutdown. (laughs) But it's arms straight down to the side. But he knows. I mean, you know, he's a public figure, so he wouldn't do it. But it would be funny to to do that because in in the U.S., television is kind of like the ultimate good. Mm. So you could probably get a very, very homophobic person. Mm. to do queer eye and just have and just queer the fuck out of that guy (laughs) 
just throw as much queer at him as you can do and just watch him squirm. Mm. I think that'd be great. I don't know. No? Might, have, might have the reverse of, um, effect of what you're thinking. What, which is that he becomes accepting? No, that like, you know, the people who agree with him just have more fodder. Well, I, oh, I don't care about that. I just want to see the, how uncomfortable he is. <laughs> I don't give a shit about like changing hearts and minds. Yeah. That's not, <laughs> oh, that was not the point of what I was doing. you would make an excellent television producer. Exactly. That's <laughs> all I care about. <laughs> You've already got the mentality all figured out. <laughs> um, all right. So, well, I, uh, I want to go to Italy. For a oh, second. La there's, Bella Italia. There's so much going on in Italy right now. Si. And uh, this this story kind of caught my attention um, because of how um, um, it, it's rather shocking. Is it? Of a story. I th- Well, I think for the people who, who were there, mm. they would have found it very shocking. Okay. Um, there was um, a story uh, this week about a uh, an Italian priest in northern Italy. Oh, yeah. Um, who burned... Benedict's picture during mass. Yes. I remember this. Um and, and this this, this this was Father Sinead O'Connor, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. No, Andrea Maggi. Oh, okay. Um from Santo Stefano Proto Martire Church. Oh, okay. Proto Martire. What does that mean? Um Saint Stephen Saint Stephen pr- pr- uh Proto Martyr. Pro Proto Martyr. Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, that's what it says. Okay. So he, I, yeah. What does proto mean? What as a as a prefix? I always thought it was like pre or leading up to. No, there's right? there's another. Hmm. There's a, I think you're right that there's another. There's a there's a more nuance. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so I'll keep going with with this. Um, he uh, so he, of course he he. <laughs> This is a, a protest, of course, against um, the abdication of right. Benedict's. Um, and uh, I guess about half of the, the congregation got up and left um, oh, wow. upon him doing this. I love it. Um, he said, um, where, where's his quote? Oh, he, well, anyways, he compared uh, the Pope to Captain Francesco Schettino, who... Uh, was the accused of ban- abandoning the Costa Concordia oh. last year? You remember that story of the cruise ship off the coast of yeah, Italy? Yeah, and, and I run aground. I, I remember cap- the ship. Like, I don't over. remember the idea. The, the story. The of... captain. Um, oh, right. The captain fled ship. Right. Before all the passengers. Were <laughs> right. Off. Right. So, oh, great. Um, and so he's comparing him to to that guy, and um, and he said that. Um, um, the, 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 he, he, he held up the picture of the Pope and he said, this is not a Pope. This is not a shepherd. He abandoned his flock. Yeah. And then he, hold, he, he then used a candle flame, uh, to set the, the photo on fire. He should have printed the photo and, onto, um, uh, on, instead of photo paper, he should have printed it onto incense. Mm, then it would have been, been lovely. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the mayor of, uh, the town, um, he he's quoted as as he I guess he must know Maji, and uh, he he says that he's going through a, a fragile time from a psychological <laughs> point of view. Oh, yeah. 
Well, you know, the rumor mill is just swirling around this whole Pope resignation <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, it's amazing the stuff that's come out. But, the, you know, the, the Italian media is now really into the idea that there are some uh, some male prostitutes who are blackmailing uh, several clergy members, including His Holiness. What? That's, that's the big thing that's happening in Italy right now. Wow. That's amazing. So, Proto. Who knows? I got something for Proto. Did yeah, you get something I, I do for Proto? too, yeah. First interior relating to a precursor, mm. primitive. I got first, foremost, or earliest form of, oh, primitive. That's what we were, because yeah. you, you hear like, you know. Yeah. But uh, the first version that I found on this, or the first uh, example, is Proto-Martyr. Oh, okay. Indicating, in this case, indicating the first in time, order, or rank. Oh, maybe there were... Other Stephens, other Saint Stephens. Oh, this is Stephanos. The, the first he's Stephen the Martyr. first. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Proto. I want to be Frodo Martyr. Hmm, yeah. Anyway. Frodo? Yeah, the Frodo Martyr. Ooh. I don't okay. One does not simply walk into the Vatican. <laughs> God. Um well since we're talking about the, the Catholics. The, what? The, those who lick cats. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, I wanted to go to a scandal. <gasps> now, you have been talking to us about a cardinal who is going to go, go to Conclave and yeah, vote. Yeah, Mahoney. Who has been the douche. very, very naughty. Yeah. Well, I am going to talk about a cardinal who has also been naughty, who's not going to Conclave now. Apparently. So this guy... This is we we are now talking. He's he's in the UK. Cardinal O'Brien. Mm. He's a car. He was a cardinal over uh, over uh, Scotland. Saint, oh. He was a he was a Archbishop of St Andrews and Edinburgh. Whoa. Okay. Um. Apparently, see now. Here's the thing. His his quote unquote crime. Yeah. So much more less of a big deal to me than Mahoney. Okay. He is accused of, and we don't know exact. We don't have details on this, but oh. apparently, four priests have accused him of sexual misconduct with them, or oh. wanting to have sexual misconduct with them. Oh, are they saying that he is? What a shock! A gay priest, a queer priest. Uh, everybody, quick, pick your jaws up from the table. <laughs> A gay priest, wow. I've never heard of that. <laughs> Jesus. What's funny is that he was planning on retiring this year anyway. Oh. He was, he was, he's, it's his 75th, he's 75 years old. He was going to retire mm. on his birthday, which is apparently St. Patrick's Day. And he's Irish. He, he's, 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 a, he's the Scottish dude, but he's of Irish descent. Oh, so interesting. Isn't, isn't that something? St. Patrick. Yeah. Ah, uh, the you know faith and Megara and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So, so he was already going to do that, but then you know. So why did uh, so these so four guys just came forward? Yeah, I guess they didn't want him going to conclave. Oh. And so the British, a British newspaper, published their thing. He Eesh. he initially denied it, and that's an issue. You can't initially deny it, but he did initially deny anything. Then, okay. but then. So and he said, I, think, "I did not, I did not approach those men. Right, I did not. I didn't. He, well, he, what he said was he didn't do anything, and and they're bullshit. 
I don't think mm. he used those exact words. That's not Probably a quotation. Not. Yeah. Doesn't, um, seem, doesn't sound like him. Uh, then he then he copped to it, and he left. We don't know what specifically he copped to, but here's what here's what's interesting. Here's what he said, and this is kind of a bullshit uh, statement. But I just love that he actually he actually took some responsibility and actually took an action that would be related to that responsibility. Right. Unlike the douche Mahoney. Exactly. He said, in recent days, certain allegations which have been made against me have become public. Initially, their anonymous and nonspecific nature led me to contest them. Hmm. So that's kind of bullshit. He's mm-hmm. kind of weaseling out of why mm-hmm. he contested it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess if he doesn't know who's making the, you know. Yeah, I was sexually inappropriate with priests, but I don't know which priests you're talking about, so maybe it's not true. <laughs> so I don't know how much I should admit. Here. Right, right. Th- those could be priests um, that are totally fake. Yeah. Th- those good those allegations, I don't know what they are. Right. Anyway, uh <laughs> but now he's saying, you know, he's saying to those I have offended, I apologize and ask forgiveness. Mm. He's not he's making no comments about being called to humiliation. <laughs> right. Yet right. that yeah. we know about. Well, he's stepping down. I think that's a good first step. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, and he's decided he's not going to go to Conclave. He's stepping down before him. Conclave. Good for him. Yep. That kind of flies in the face of um, one Mr. Cardinal Roger Mahoney. Are we going back to Mahoney Watch? Oh, absolutely. Mahoney Watch. I don't know. I just want it. I want there to be good. I want there to be a produced segment. That was really, really, really good. Thanks. I I improvised that. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. No. And it was lovely. It was a lovely, (laughs) lovely introduction. Um, So, yeah, Mr. Mr. Roger Mahoney, Mm -hmm. um, his his grace. Can we call him Roger? Just call him Roger. Raj. 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 Hey, Raj. The douche. Raj. Anyways, um, he is the Archbishop Emeritus of Los Angeles. He puts the arch in Archbishop. Ooh. <laughs> he puts the fittus <laughs> in... I don't know. <laughs> in what? Emeritus. Oh, Emeritus. Okay. <laughs> is he Emeritus? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Because he... Uh, he uh yeah he's, he yeah he was relieved of his duties. Oh yeah. Um that's a nice word for retired, right? Well, it's a fancy word for retired. Well yeah, that's what I mean that's what the pope is now. Mhm. Benny is emer- pope emeritus. Yeah. Yeah. College professors. Mhm. We'll go emeritus. My mother is an emeritus professor. Is she really? Yes. Oh. Wow. Does she ever teach? No. Because sometimes they do. Mhm. Hmm, no. Interesting. All right. Um, so he is, he is, um, he's saying that the Vatican told him to go to the conclave. <laughs> That's a quote. He says, the Vatican told me to come to the conclave. The, the Vatican. The Vatican intervened and told him. Who is the Vatican? Well, this came through um, the, um, the, 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 the Vatican embassy. Because you might be more usually when you hear a full embassy under normal Um, circumstances, when you hear the phrase the Vatican, you mm -hmm. assume the Pope. Right. But this is we um, don't got no Pope. That's you're absolutely right about that. Um, And so this came through um, the ambassador to the United States from the Vatican Mm. who instructed him to take part in the election of the next Pope. But the instructions that to the to the ambassador to tell him that came from sort of the highest powers at the mm-hmm. Vatican, 
Um, and their, their reasoning for that in this, um, in, uh, this was because the, so the Vatican spokesman, uh, Jesuit father Federico Lombardi, mm-hmm. uh, replied to request for comment that the cardinal statement can be understood. This is quote, can be understood in the light of the communique of the secretariat of state that insisted on the importance of not giving in to external pressures that might limit the freedom of the electors and the conclave. (laughs) So do not give in to external pressures to keep unsavory people out of this process because we want their voice involved. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I got to say, if you let popular, you know, if you let the, the voice of the people, the vox populi, control one uh of your cardinals then any other cardinal who happened to have aided and abetted child molestation is under the same could could be subject to the same sort of so basically they're saying they wouldn't have a college cardinals <laughs> if they gave in to these kind of public they, pressures. they'd have like four guys <laughs> what are they supposed to do yeah. you know it's this guy this time but yeah you, you never know it's a very good point. You, you know, never do know. In light in light of that, it is a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. If we start here and we let this happen, next it thing is you a know, slippery slope. Cardinals will be having sex with animals. Bestiality. <laughs> It'll happen. Yep. That's what happens. The um the the uh Actually, in, in in light I of can, I <laughs> what it's not a slippery slope <laughs> to that. No no no. <laughs> it's, it was that is just, putting the cause. An effect yeah, there's no relationship. Co- there's totally no, out of whack. There's no causal. <laughs> there, with, we with, clearly know they're already having sex with, with animals. With priests, we know that that having sex with animals animals is a slippery slope of its own. <laughs> it goes it goes down its own slope to somewhere else. Yeah. No. What I was going to say that was that in light of uh, of that reasoning, mm. uh, they're probably. I'm. I have to rethink. Uh, my cardinal, O'Brien. Mm. He's a quitter. Yeah, he is. He's a f- damned quitter. Mm-hmm. He should have gone to Conclave like a man. And and got some action. Hell yeah. Because he's looking for it, and that seems like a good place to get it. It's like spring break. Oh, my God. They have like their own private hotel. Hell yeah. Believe it's me, just, there's it, some... It is a sausage There's fest. some grab ass going oh, on in that place. Hell yeah. In the you, sho- they, because, you know, they only have one showers. And you they, know, they just have like a gang shower right. for all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know one that half of, half of those guys are wearing nothing under those robes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Okay. Well, if you're wearing nothing under your robes, you can let us know. Via the following means. You can email us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Yeah, or you can uh, you can uh, jump onto the Facebooks on the intertubes, and yeah. you can find us there at uh, Facebook slash TGI Atheist. That is true. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Mm. All good things. All good things. We're going to take a quick break. Um, this time we're going to be joined by... Glenn Beck. <gasps> oh. Um, and he... That's good, because we're going to be talking about Mormon stuff later, and yeah. he's a Mormon. Yeah. And he's going to be talking to us about extremism. It's oh. a topic he's very familiar with. <laughs> but doesn't... Maybe doesn't may, seem to want to not, apply. May not really understand, you know, in, a, in any sort of real way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Let me explain 
how you know what an extremist really is. Because it's really simple. Because the answer is contained within your own body. Extremities. The extreme part of your body, your fingers and your toes. That's the extreme part of your body. Why? Why are they called the extremities? Because they're the farthest away from what matters. The extreme outer edge of your body. This is the core. This is why you have the big, you know, God-given helmet and the God-given vest. The core is what's important. You protect the core. Now, if you get extremely cold, you don't send blood to the extremities, or as I like to call them, the Eric Holder, the Cass Sunsteins, the Barack Obama, the John Holdrens, or the Van Jones. You don't send a lot of energy out to the extremist, the, uh, the extremities. Instead, the body does everything it can to shut off the extremes so it can keep what's really important, your core, protected. Our core is the United States Constitution. I warn you, man, hunker down because there is a storm coming. You've got to protect the core because the extremities are beginning to make a fist and they're already beginning to throw blows. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they're throwing blows. Wowie, wow, wow. He, uh, yeah, he's, he's a peach, isn't he? Oh, he is. He's a delight. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> Because, because uh, you know, Barack Obama, such an extremist. Well, yeah, he's definitely like way out there, like at the tips of your fingers. Of your fingers, like if yeah. you were, if you were, if we were to carry his metaphor further, mm. it's almost like you'd have to get finger extensions <laughs> just to be far enough extreme mm-hmm. to be Barack Obama. Yeah, the really far out there, the wildly extreme leftist, he, Glenn Beck. He's, he, at least he, he did. At way. least he used his left hand when he was when he was hey, describing. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Didn't notice that. Um, Glenn Beck just has a way of explaining things. <laughs> he sure does. He really does. He really just he just finds such simple terms, and he I always understand much more clearly mm. after he's explained something. Right, you're so much like, less I confused. Had no sense. I had no real sense of what an extremist was. <laughs> Until Prior you knew to... that it meant fingers and toes. Yeah. It just, wow. Oh, you know, mm. I think Al-Qaeda is probably toes. Yeah. If you're thinking in terms yeah. of extremists. Yeah. I think I think they're they're not even fingers. No. They're toes. They're toes. Yeah. They're, re- they're really far out there. We And you know what we need to do? Mm-hmm. We need to concentrate our energy on our core. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so deprive those extremists of their energy the, 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 our hands that they our, get frostbite what we need is we need diabetes <laughs> so that our our hands and feet have to be removed as a country we need, we to, need give to give the constitution diabetes we need to we need to metaphorically eat so much sugar uh we need to eat so badly yeah yeah, that we lose the, the extremists. That we all get the, diabetes. The extremities. We are well. This seems like this is a right wing conspiracy. 
diabetes is a right wing conspiracy. Do you actually to... say diabetes? No, I'm saying it like it's just a Brimley thing. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's it more. Is. It's much more fun. Yeah. to say diabetes. <laughs> but I think I think if you're going to use that pronunciation, uh-huh. you got to say diabetes. Sure. <laughs> when I have diabetes, <laughs> when our country gets diabetes. I yeah. like to cut off the extremities. And then I cozy up to a good warm bowl of oatmeal. You know, oatmeal and diabetes. <laughs> it's delicious. Okay. Oh. Well, we have some correspondence from, from people corresponding with us. A mm-hmm. um, couple things. We had a really... Uh, why, don't, oh, why don't you go first? Okay. You're... Well, I have an email from Matthew. Um, subject line. You guys rock. Mm. Thanks, Matthew. We do indeed. Um, And he writes, um, he says, um, people are now surprised to find out I'm an atheist because I tend to be very happy and friendly (laughs) to other people. I love hearing the phrase, you are way too nice to be an atheist. It sometimes leads leads to a a deeper conversation where I hope they understand why I think the way I think. Um, and I think that's, that's awesome. Um, I, I think that's really good to hear. Yeah. Good um, job, Matthew. Yeah. A happy atheist. That's, that's what we want. That's what we're going for. Yeah. You know, if there was one, if we had an agenda here on our show. Yeah. It, it certainly, I mean, we, we well, can't, we can't our claim. agenda is to have fun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> From day one, all our, we've ever been trying to do is make each other laugh. And, and, and you guys along with us. And you, well, and that's a nice, we're just hoping, we, we hope that you enjoy it as much as we do, but yeah. really we're just enjoying ourselves. And... <laughs> <laughs> we're jerks. Yeah. Sorry, uh, guys. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, that's awesome. I, you know, honestly, just be happy. Yeah, I think it's great. Ang- the 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 era of angry atheists needs to die out. Yeah, yeah. Boring. It it's incredibly boring. I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. Angry atheists are boring. They bore the shit out of me. Yeah. Been there, done that. I mean, it's not like there aren't things that make us angry. Of course, there we are talk things about things every week angry. that make us angry, but, but it's, it's not what defines us. Yeah. No. no. Our <laughs> anger does not define who we are. No. Hmm. Why are you atheist so angry? <laughs> Isn't that the title of Greta Christina's book? I think I believe that's it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, hmm. um, so my the the email that I was going to bring up uh, it comes to us from David, and he's referencing you. Last week we played uh, some stuff from that peach of a guy, uh, Comfort. What's his name? Something Comfort. Tom. No. Dick. <laughs> okay. Fine. Harry. If there is a guy named Dick Comfort. <laughs> oh, shit. Or if his first name's Harry, it could be Harry Dick Comfort. No. What? No? I was going for Tom, Dick, or Harry. I know. I'm just saying. You didn't pick up on that? I did pick up on that, and then I took it to an awful place. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dan. Anywho, uh, Ray Comfort, right? That might be closer. I think that's it. Yeah. Anyway, Roy? No, I think it's Ray. I'm I'm sticking to my guns. Okay, on that. all right, go with Ray. I don't know. Somebody can write to us. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he so we talked about this guy because he's he's a big uh, anti-atheist dude. He's a big Christian apologist, and more importantly, he just doesn't like us atheists at all. Mm, and he thinks, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we talked about some of his stupid arguments. Uh, his his <laughs> his really smart logic mm. about why we're wrong. It was very reasonable. Yeah. Uh, well, David writes to us and he says, I used to be one of them. 
he, he says, uh, I recognize Mr. Comfort's arguments as the types of things that I say in I, that I used to say in defense of my beliefs. Hmm. I'm not a stupid person, yet I ex- I accepted stupid, indefensible arguments to bolster my position. Hmm. I and a friend, also a former Christian, have been struggling with the question of how we allowed ourselves to be so completely taken in by fundamentalist religion. Yeah. Wow. I believe I have some insights that may help shed some light on the matter. Oh, cool. The first thing to understand is that religious faith is not a matter of traditional, or sorry, not traditional, of rational belief in reasonable principles. If it was so, then all is needed to deconvert a Christian is reasonable counterargument. When, uh, once exposed to reason, the religious person would instantly abandon his faith, grateful for the Enlightenment, but, also, but, but that is almost never what happens, because a rational belief in reasonable principles is not the cornerstone of faith. Well put. I think that's really well put. And the, the fact of the matter is that that right there is the reason why arguing with someone who's religious is not going to work. Right. And it's just going to end up being right. frustrating. We are thinking in two <clears throat> entirely different ways. Yeah. Because they would say the same thing. I mean, they're going to say something similar about having a conversation with an atheist. Right. Is that it goes nowhere. But this is an explanation as, as, as to why it goes nowhere. As Mr. Comfort. For, for both sides. As Mr. Comfort said, you can lead an atheist to evidence, but you can't make him think. <laughs> That's true. Actually, you also can't make him drink either. You can't. You can, you, you you can't, can lead him to evidence, but you're going to have a hard time getting him to drink. You can't. You well, can't, you you, can't, you, he, no, he you, might drink. I think you can make a lot of atheists. You can't make them drink, but if you offer them something, they might take it. That's true, but it will be their choice. <laughs> yes, it's the, true. The, you can't force them. Gin and tonic? Yes, please. Yeah, right? That's Absolutely. That would be my response as well. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he, he actually uh, writes a very long and lovely uh, uh, thing. I'm just going to sort of pull out the, the mm-hmm. basics of what he says. Yep. He says uh, that there are three things that sit at the heart of all religious belief, in his opinion. Um, First, there is the need to believe that life is fundamentally fair. Explain that a little bit. He says bad things happen to good people for a reason. Oh. He says the suffering suffering in this world, he's he's talking about suffering not being arbitrary. Right. There's, you know, there's this... This is God works in mysterious ways. Right, but there's a sense that, like... God took when, your child for a reason. Once every, you know, once everything's panned out and you're mm-hmm. in heaven and everything, you'll understand the larger reason why you were doing right. it. Right? Why? Why the shit went down the way it did? God needed another angel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, that's what and, people say. And I, I know. And and I and, that was the Newtown thing. The thing is, you got to be sympathetic yeah. to the desire for the universe to be a yeah. fair place. Um, and then he says, second, uh, our lives have meaning. Um, which mm-hmm. apparently they don't. If you're not, if you're, if your the meaning doesn't derive from someone being incredibly more powerful than you, right? Uh, well, I mean, but God gives you a purpose in life, right? Right. God, God there, gives you. There's an ordered universe. Th- and, there is uh, a reason for you to be here if right. you believe in God, right? Uh, in and then Christianity, and then way. finally, his his final uh, premise is that uh, death is not the end. Mm. People need it to. To believe that they don't just stop. Hmm. All of those make a lot of sense to yeah. me. Yeah. I, I think it's... I, I really enjoyed reading his email because it, mm-hmm. it it was like, oh, you know, like, we when we were talking about Ray Comfort, we were sort of... We meandered mm-hmm. through that conversation. Sure. Which is bit. fine. Yeah. You know? Um, but what I really like about this email and really um, appreciated 
was the fact that it's it's a it's it's kind of he he he's laid it out. He has his points. He defends them. He explains yeah. them. And I don't think we necessarily yeah. did that. Yeah. But um, yeah, he says. But I think I think it was a really nice email to read. He goes on to say that by declaring atheism, you are asserting that life is not fair, that you are not special and do not matter, and your beloved dead are not dancing with King David just beyond the pearly yeah. gates. Yeah. All and, three things are terrifying. Sure. Until to, you, until to you the actually... believer when they start thinking about, oh my God, what would that be like? Right. There's. I mean, that's what. Isn't that like sort of the 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 crux of what most Christians end up saying to atheists? Yeah, what it, happens after you die? No, 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 no. Oh. About like, oh, I like how can you live your life without yeah, without that meaning? Well, that yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like like I think when it gets down to it all the time you hear what but so what? You think that you we're, just that we're just here? You just end? That you just die? There's no point to any of it? Yeah. So why don't you go around killing everybody? Yeah. Which is just such a crazy logical leap. But. Right. I love that. And and of course, the counter argument is, are you saying that if you didn't believe in God, you'd go around killing everybody? Yeah. Why would you do that? Right. Anyway, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's an intensely narcissistic uh, point of view, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, I'm so important mm-hmm. uh, that... You know that God has an interest in me, right? That yeah, and the, the, that, and that the, the I'm, same that I must that continue the for eternity. Universe cares about me, and and that I must continue throughout in perpetuity. Yeah. For, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Forever. You're, you're yeah. I'm so important that that has to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh. He says his his final paragraph says as long as a person clings to the childish belief that they are at the center of the universe, they will cling to metaphysical the, the to metaphysical beliefs that place them there, regarding of regardless of how disconnected from physical reality they are. Hmm. Reason is the wrong tool for changing the mind of a person who, for whatever reason, needs to be di- needs to be disconnected from physical reality. Determining the right tool has become part of my life's work. To that end, I will listen to and thoroughly enjoy the show. Hmm. That's David. He's from Birmingham, Alabama. Which I think we're going. We're we might be going, going there. Through da- there, David. Yeah. Keep in touch. We, yeah. If we're if, if we say we're coming out there, then you gotta we gotta meet you. Mm. We'll sit down for a All drink. Right. Yeah. Awesome. All righty. So, what are we going to talk about today, Franklin? Well, the the Mormons um, this last week mm-hmm. it was within the last week wasn't it uh um, yeah recent really quick really. yeah they um the the mormon the, the, the leaders of the church have issued uh, a new set of mormon scriptures that well they've well it's not new scripture that it's not new scripture they've it's they've taken the old scriptures and they've tweaked them they've tweaked they've yeah, edited they've, they've done edited. some they've, they've done some editing yeah they a lot of the editing is simply just fixing typos and punctuation and that kind of stuff <laughs> because you know uh, as an inspired work mm. they, they they still had some some problems you'll, getting words spelled correctly you'll recall kind of faithful listeners that uh the book of mormon came from translations of of golden plates mm-hmm. that which were found... we recently saw a model of oh yeah we did yeah of what 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 they might what what they look like according to the the description in the in the church the, the, in the official church history right so these so they they based this model on st- you know statements from joseph smith mm-hmm. about the measurements the size mm-hmm. blah 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 of the golden plates and they made it out of out of uh, lead out of lead which is actually not as heavy as gold exactly 
and basically it was a challenge to lift it yeah go ahead <laughs> see what you can yeah. do just just right there such a simple test <laughs> and it weighed low at like 100 pounds 200 pounds it was really heavy it was very 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 heavy and of course there's stories of joseph smith you know running through the woods <laughs> right running from people trying to get him while he has all this gold right i am ima- I, I like to imagine carry it. i like to he would imagine not have been him able to carry skipping it. In the stories humming. though he was just running 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 right yeah so I, I like to imagine him skipping and humming with them as la, he, la, la, la. As, as he well, maybe the spirit of the lord helped him carry them I think he had. I mean, it had that, to. that had to be the case. Angels, don't, angels, don't run with your golden plates faster than your guardian angels can fly. Yeah, yeah. that seems like a ba- very basic, simple miracle that God could have oh, performed. Sure. He, yeah. So really, the, these lead plates don't prove anything. They don't prove a damn thing. That's unfortunate. <laughs> um. So. So the so the kind of so the kind there are, there are two kinds of changes in the in the new. Uh, recently yes, released uh, scriptures. There are the things where, for instance, changing words like plucked, P-L-U-C-K-T, to plucked, P-L-U-C-K-E-D. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, they, they, yeah. Okay. Which, stuff those, like that. Th- those are sort of the, the, the less exciting. Right. Of, 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 uh, of what, they, what happened. What, what is exciting is that now they have introduced introductions <laughs> they hey. introductions yeah uh That's to nice. in in the in uh the quad which is mormon speak mormon speak for these the because the thing is that there are technically what they would call four books right. of scripture right that the mormons look at there's the there's the the bible I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Bible. Right. That's one of them. They don't acknowledge in this quad thing that there's an Old and New Testament. No. It's just the Bible. There's the, the, the Bible. Bible. There's the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. So two. There's the Pearl of Great Price. Three. And the Doctrine and Covenants. Four. Which I always thought was Doctrine doctor and Covenants. I thought the <laughs> His word, last name was in covenant. I don't know. I didn't know what it meant. I had no idea what it meant, but I knew that I knew the word doctor, and that was as yeah. close to any word that I could think of. As, yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, and I thought there were witches standing around whenever I did the pledge of allegiance. <laughs> what for witches stand? For witches stand. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Anywho. Anyway, so quad before right. So and now so, and they they publish them. You can get them in just a single bound edition right. all four of the, those books in one leather bound one very big volume yes that has a little snap on it mm-hmm. yeah um what you can all, so at the end of the doctrine and covenants mm-hmm. they have they have printed uh several declarations yes uh, what what they what Not they several there's like 3 oh okay or 4 or something oh really there's that many yeah i think I thought so. they were just like 2 Okay. Anyways, let me see here. Oh, maybe there are two. Maybe so, it's just the two official so, declarations. And and up until now, they they have just been published. Sort of, they were just there. They've just hung out on their own. They didn't have really any explanation. No, no explanation. Now these are two declarations that are of Fairly huge pivotal. of huge import in the history of Mormondom. Do you want to explain what they are? Yes. Um, uh, the official declaration number one. Um, is also known as the Manifesto, um, which was um, the official, that uh, was when Wilford Woodruff, who was president of the LDS Church in the late 1800s, 
um, officially stated that the Mormon church um, would no longer uh, be practicing polygamy. Boop, boop, ba-doo. So, Whoa. yeah, that's number one. It's so um, sad when you can't publish. When you can't, I know. When you... And we all know. I mean, the, uh, so it came out in 1890. And we all know that even Wilford Woodruff himself continued to have multiple wives <laughs> and added another one. You yeah, said Yeah, earlier. he took another wife after post after the manifesto. Yeah. And then, but Amazing. we know that like up into the 1920s that the president of the church yeah. still had multiple wives. They were sneaky about it. So... And Woodruff, well, not in, that much. In fairness, I believe the story that I that that my mom told me was that Woodruff didn't do it in the United States, where <laughs> where it was legal. It, oh, really? Where it was illegal. Okay. He did it like on the open seas. He took his his last wife on the open. No seas. way, really? Yeah, something like that. Wow. So they dedicated the boat as like an endowment house. I thing? guess so. I don't know what they did. They're, who knows how how crazy you can get? They were pretty crazy. <laughs> All right. And the official declaration number two is um that was the 1978 announcement um that uh the blacks black males would be extended the priesthood right and and as we figured out today that also the black women could go into the temple now yeah exactly so i hadn't thought that one through it makes a lot of sense for black folks yeah (laughs) and so and it only took them until 1970 late 1970s yeah, to figure this whole thing out. <laughs> to to, to so accept black folk. What they've done, though, is that they've added introductions now. Right. They, they now have something to say in front of each one of these to try to put them into some sort of historical context <laughs> so that the members of the church aren't too confused and, by them. And to try and make it seem l- like it's less horrific than it really was. <laughs> or, or to try and at least... Uh, it's damage control is what it is. It is. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of this, there's been some very subtle changes in, in wording. And it's not just introdu- these two introductions are not the only tweaks, of course, that have happened. There have been tweaks of chapter introductions throughout, right. from my understanding. Yeah, they've got... Especially were... like Doctrine and Covenants 132, which is... That, that is celestial marriage. Right. That's polygamy. Right. And they've they've sort of now kind of re-explained it in yeah, a way. Yeah, the, the chapter headings are easy to change because they're not considered scripture. They're considered introductions to scripture. Right. So they so they can change those without anybody going, whoa. <laughs> not that they haven't changed actual scripture. Oh, yeah. Which they're more than happy to oh, do. sure. Well, not more than happy. They don't like doing it. I, I get the They'd sense that... grudgingly yes. do it. But, but yeah, the phrases like white and delightsome in reference to races mm-hmm. kind of had to go. Yeah. Now it's pure and delightsome. Oh yeah, that's that's wonderful. Right. Um, so, do you want to take official declaration number one? N- number one. All right. So, this is the one about uh, about we're not going to do marriage uh, plural marriage anymore. Yeah, exactly. And here's here's what the new introduction says. It says, "The Bible and the Book of Mormon teach that monogamy is God's standard for marriage, unless He declares otherwise." <laughs> And then it has two examples. Yeah, yeah it has a, a couple of scriptures. And it says, following a revelation to Joseph Smith, the practice of plural marriage was instituted among church members in the early 1840s. From the 1860s to the 1880s, the United States government passed laws to make this religious practice illegal. These laws were eventually upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court. After receiving revelation, <laughs> President Wilford Woodruff issued the following manifesto, which was accepted by the church as authoritative and binding on October 6, 1890. 
This led to the end of the practice of plural marriage in the church. Yeah. You'll note that I said, this led to, <laughs> not this was the end of plural right. marriage. Right. No, because as Frank delineated, it went on for a good deal longer. If, at least a few decades. But it, but to be clear now, mm -hmm. uh, just to clear up this, because this is a common misconception, if you practice polygamy as mm -hmm. a Mormon now and you're caught... Oh, you will be excommunicated yeah, big from trouble. The, from the real from the Mormon church. They congratulate you and then they excommunicate. You. <laughs> yeah, you're out. <laughs> They're like, "You know, brother, well done. <laughs> you kept that from us for quite a while." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Big love. Way to live the principle. Nope, you're you're out. You have to go you have to go with Warren Jeffs now. Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting is how um how they're 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 wanting it to seem like it was never really a broad commandment that yeah, was we just did it when we were you know it was yeah. it was right for that moment in history right. we needed... God sometimes gives this to his people, he sometimes takes it away. <laughs> it's such a blessing when he gives it to us <laughs> and i mean i mean that that's that's really like they're really trying to play that up more and more yeah is that it was just this little anomaly right it was something that god wanted then the standard and, is monogamy it, right is what they're saying exactly bullshit that's right. not how they thought before no then... and you know <laughs> i i think a really good example of this is the continued practice in the temple of men being able to have multiple women sealed to them as long as a only one of them is currently alive. Mm -hmm. So if your wife passes away, yeah, or three, four, five wives pass away, although they should be looking into that, <laughs> um, you can still get another wife sealed to you for time and all eternity in the temple. And then when you die, you already have yeah, they still two or three wives. They still theologically practice. It's still there. Plural marriage. Absolutely. They just don't. You just can't do it with alive people and it's it's the fact that women are not able to do the same thing and that's that's that disparity right, right there says to me that they have not they still have not cleaned up the the issue of polygamy technically the wife doesn't even have to die because if you get a divorce that's true in mormonism yeah that's true you don't necessarily a legal get, divorce a legal divorce does yeah. not necessarily mean a cancellation of your temple divorce or well, of your temple marriage right and the then ceiling. So a man could could have been married, divorced from his wife, mm -hmm. get That's married true. again, and be theoretically, theologically Mormon married to both of these women. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, she, however, could not remarry without a cancellation of the sealing to cannot her first. Cannot be resealed. Can't be resealed. She could That's have a, right. She, she could have a legal marriage. She, she can go and marry some dude. Right. But, but she, she's still, according to Mormon theology... Sealed for time and all eternity to that first to to the first man dickhead who yeah <laughs> who it didn't work out with right which mean, they, which means they're going to have to like spend time and all eternity together which means unless that she after goes they through all the process, die he calls her the the first husband calls her forth into heaven well hopefully if he re if he remembers her temple name yeah he might be like you know what she was kind of a bitch i'm not gonna she call can her lay there i'm not you stay where you are you don't get to come to heaven <laughs> with me come on other wife let's go yeah yep yeah i That's... i do love you know when i was when we were growing up i was i was always the scandal thing for me what that i always heard 
as a, as a Mormon youth, mm-hmm. you know, you always heard that the, the, the practice of polygamy was stopped for political reasons. Mm. And the political reason that I was always get, given, and I, I say political reasons rather as opposed to, uh, and this is the haters, the Mormon haters would make this argument. It was for political reasons as opposed to divine reasons. It wasn't mm-hmm. just that God was saying, hey, let's not do this anymore. It was that, it was that what I heard was, Utah wanted statehood. Yeah. And uh and they and because they were the Mormons were practicing polygamy, they weren't going to get it, so they right. stopped for statehood. Well, that's not that's not the reason. Oh. What is it? No, the real reason is that the US government had been threatening Wilford Woodruff and uh who was before him? Uh uh Joe Smith Brigham Young Taylor? John Taylor. Yeah. So Taylor spent almost all of his presidency of the church in hiding because oh. he was threatened with personal arrest oh okay uh same with woodruff woodruff had to be in hiding for a lot of it at the time and there was going to be and what what had been decided in washington dc was that they were going to confiscate they were going to start confiscating stuff to that the church owned including temples oh. including millions of dollars of lands like it was, it was literally in the millions of dollars worth of stuff. And it was a, a tremendous amount of stuff right, okay. that was going to be confiscated. Okay. To wit, if you keep, if you look down, um, after you read the official declaration that is considered the manifesto, uh-huh. in the scriptures, in the Doctrine and Covenants, in that same section, you get uh, excerpts from three addresses by Wilford Woodruff regarding the manifesto. Mm. And one of the things that he says is, the question is, which is the wisest course for the Latter-day Saints to pursue? The con- to continue the- to attempt to practice plural marriage with the laws of the nation against it and the opposition of 60 million people and at the cost of the confiscation and loss of all the temples and the stopping of all the ordinances therein, mm. both the living and the dead. And the imprisonment of the first presidency and twelve of the and, and the heads of the families of the church, and the confiscation of personal property of all of the people, all of which themselves would stop the practice, or after doing after doing and suffering what we have through uh, through our adherence to this principle, to cease the practice and submit to the law, blah 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 blah. Right. He specifically lays it out. Wow. He wanted to keep his stuff, yeah, and not be thrown in jail. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I, I I think that that's usually a very widely respected quality of a believer <laughs> is is that level of just pragmatism. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And desire to keep your stuff. The the it's, the, it uh, doesn't seem to be the hallmark. No. of a true believer. No, what's interesting is that he also. He, I, uh, everybody uh, loves the manifesto and whatever, but nobody talks about the fact that earlier in Woodruff's presidency, uh, ma- matter of fact, really early in his presidency, when everybody was nervous that they were going to stop doing the polygamy thing, mm. which polygamy was kind of what set them apart. It was what held them together mm-hmm. as a people. You mm-hmm. know, it was, it was this cultural like binding point. Yeah, uh, and uh, he said he specifically said, "Nope, we're never ever going to give this up." This is always a part of us. This is forever. Well, the, I mean, this is what caused um, the the splintering of mm-hmm. the of the Mormon movement yeah. off into a, a number 
of of uh, polygamous sects. Right. You know, you have the FLDS. You have because it was always going the, to be forever. Watch from a bucket group. You know, it was going to last forever. Yeah. Right up until they started to threaten to take all their stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy town. Statehood. It wasn't about statehood. That's interesting that that would be the story, though. Yeah. Huh. Well, it's more palatable, I guess. Oh, yeah. It's like... That it, it's... that it was kind of outwitting the... The government. The government, the government in a way where, like, it wasn't... Yeah, because if it's about material goods, it's like, well, who the fuck are you? Right. right. Don't Don't... Aren't prophets supposed to be willing to sacrifice everything? Right, right. Aren't aren't religious leaders supposed to be willing to lay down just about everything? And the statehood thing made them look kind of bad. The statehood thing made it look like, oh, it's just for political reasons? Yeah, but it's... But it's not as bad as... It's not as bad. Stuffhood. Anyway. (laughs) um, (laughs) Stuffgate. Why don't you move on to declaration number two? Okay. And this is... um, I'll remind you listeners this is um this is the one about the blacks and the priesthood Mm -hmm. Uh, the book of mormon teaches this this is the declaration the book of mormon teaches that all are alike unto god including black and white bond and free male and female throughout the history of the church people of every race and ethnicity in many countries have been baptized and have lived as faithful members of the church During Joseph Smith's lifetime, a few black male members of the church were ordained to the priesthood. Early in its history, church leaders stopped conferring the priesthood on black males of African descent. Church records offer no clear insight into the origins of this practice. Church leaders believed that a revelation from God was needed to alter this practice and prayerfully sought guidance. The revelation came to church president Spencer W. Kimball and was affirmed to other church leaders in the Salt Lake Temple on June 1st, 1978, the new revelation removed all restrictions with regard to race that once applied to the priesthood. <laughs> so, this practice I that God didn't like... I love it. I love that... Took how, how long? A hundred and... 120 years? A hundred and... It's a, it's a fix? My favorite thing about this is that it did not take a revelation from God... To begin to take away the possibility of black guys getting the priesthood. As they say, and I always found this bizarre. And this is part of why I really like Joe Smith. I would would kill to go back in time and have a beer with that dude. Because he he was a nutball, but he was, I mean, he ordained black folks when black folks, you know, this was still slavery time. Right. But he, yeah, sure, you can have the priesthood. And then, and then Brigham Young comes along after Joe dies, and oh, he didn't like the black people. <laughs> he wasn't a big fan of the black yeah, people, Brigham which is Young. why after they came out here, the Mormon he made Utah a slave territory, mm-hmm. and yep. he made all kinds of comments about black people being descended from Ham, and you know the curse and. Yeah, he 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 didn't like black folks, so so then it became this rule, with no official reason why it became a rule. Right. As they say, I love that I love that they say, uh, church records offer no clear insights. Yeah, no clear insights. They're like, well, we don't know why, <laughs> but it's but that's what they did, and clearly they were right to do it because they were God's prophets. But they couldn't just stop doing it. Right. They had to wait for 
a message from God. A message from God to stop. But what's, it, a, but, what's but amazing about that thing. is that you, did you know that they almost got rid of that uh, that policy like way earlier? How early? Like the sixties? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. It was it was David O. McKay leading the. It, it, there was a whole there was a whole thing like when. Oh, this is why I should use my memory. Uh, or else, or else, be prepared. But yeah, there was it, the the prophet was on the on his deathbed, and somebody else, and there was like this sort of insurgent group of of apostles hmm. who were trying to who were lobbying to try and get it changed while okay. while the apostle was or while the prophet was sick. Oh, because okay. he he wasn't really for it, and then it didn't happen. They almost made it happen. Really? Yeah. I need. To they would have been wise to do it then. They would have, but they didn't, and so it took till my lifetime yeah remarkable yeah so anyways so yeah there so you have the, it. those are the big changes those uh, are the big ones it, I, I, it's an interesting thing I, it, they're they're trying to walk a line of acknowledging history yeah and not quite acknowledging what that history means well here here's a great quote in this news article about it um, mm. brian hills uh who's a um, he's an lds researcher um, he just published a, a three-volume work, Joseph Smith's Polygamy. Mm. Um, he's quoted as saying, "We are admitting we are admitting our past better than we ever have before." <laughs> <laughs> That's hooray, a nice, nice caveat! Hooray for better! <laughs> we're doing a we're almost we on, honestly we're almost to admitting most of it. Yeah, we're really close. Yeah, to admitting. Well, one of the other subtle changes that is actually really interesting, um, and it's something that we've talked about on the on the show before, mm. is um, the the Egyptian papyri, the pa- papyri mm-hmm. um, that Joseph Smith translated into the Pearl of Great Price. Yeah, he bought them. He bought them, and they um, they're, they're legitimate Egyptian. They, they legitimately came from like a mummy that was sort of traveling around. Yeah, they were probably grave grave robbed exactly from a legitimate. Right. Egyptian ancient site. And so he did a translation of it and then showed the translation to an Egyptologist of his <laughs> era who who denied, like, you know, this, this, this Egyptologist recognized them to be funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, they sort of uh, described a funeral, funubrial rite or whatever. Right. Um, and... Um, and so, but Joseph Smith rejected that, and still, still, somehow, this became part of his translation of the papyri, became um, scripture. scripture. It became okay. the, the pearl of great price. Yeah, and so, um, so they've they've changed. Can, um, I'm going to pause you for just a minute, okay? Because I just want to emphasize to our listeners, Egyptian papyri, like writings. It, imagine Egyptian. You know what they look like. You got yeah. the guy that's got the it's jackal all hi- head. Hieroglyphics. And, yeah, yeah, and you got the the eagle and everything. Joseph Smith decided that he knew what that all meant. That and, he could use the power of translation and he, granted him from God. Right. And so supposedly. he quote unquote translated it and that became scripture. And then that was proven to be not at all the translation. To his face. <laughs> okay. And he rejected it. And, and they they still print an image from the papyri. Yeah, it's there for all to see. You can see it. If you've studied any Egyptology, you'll know that he's wrong. Right. 
And so they've changed what the introduction says. Um, in the in the previous edition, it was called a translation. Right. This time, they're calling it an inspired translation. Oh, what a difference one word can make. And they have weaseled out of it. Yeah. They've weaseled their way out. Yep. Crazy. I, I could be inspired. You know what? Uh some I saw some papyri and I trend I it was inspired me to translate them. Really? Oh yeah. Oh my. Ended up being porn. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's just so dumb. Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny, Dan. Yeah, I, I recently uh on a on a local radio show here, uh the the Radio West show, mm-hmm. they the host Doug Fabrizio, whom you and I love, yeah, Frank, yeah, he's amazing. He's a, it's a great show. You, you, he, you can if you're not in Utah, you can still listen to it if you have XM Public Radio, right? Or you so, can or you can go and find it and and, and, and listen to podcasts. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, he he interviewed um uh, uh what's his name Dawkins Richard Dawkins mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> Dawkins knowing that he was speaking to a, largely a Utah audience. Couldn't help himself. He was just like, he literally had to talk about why the hell do people believe that a a 19th century man would translate scriptures from, you know, he'd find these golden plates and translate them into 16th century language. (laughs) How is that? How is that okay? Like every time, I'm sorry, every time you turn around with Mormonism, it's like, how is any of this okay to you? Mm-hmm. How can you grant your assent to any of this nonsense? There's so much wrong, yeah, and so little that's unique, that's <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah, everything that separates you from real from regular Christianity is wrong and backwards. <laughs> that's all you got. Wow. Well, except maybe the the dietary restrictions; those are really good. Yeah. Nobody sure. nobody likes alcohol and coffee. No. No. <laughs> All right. At least they've got good underwear. Anyway, uh, <sighs> well, I think we. If, can, if I you, mean, there are other changes. We don't need to get into all of it. Oh no, no. Um, Th- those are the those are the big ones. Those are the yeah. <laughs> those are the ones that are most interesting. Yeah. It's fascinating. Go and go and read it if you can. Yeah, I, can, I can't. It's no. just too boring. Ugh, gross. <laughs> All right. Well, if you'd like to add anything to the conversation, you can find us on Facebook and like us at facebook.com slash TGIatheist. Mm-hmm. Or you can uh, you can write to us uh, at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can send us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Do one of those things, yeah. you guys. And of course, we always like to now thank the uh, Red Rock Hot Club. Right. To their fantastic music. Oh, and I'd also like to thank, we had a few new uh, iTunes uh, reviews. Oh, yeah. I'd like to thank the people who did that. And also, well, one of them I don't want to thank because he gave us a one star. Gross. And he was rude. He was rude. And (laughs) his understanding of Shakespeare is uh, subject at best. Really? It's questionable. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, please, if you you feel uh, inspired to do so, go on to iTunes and and give us a rating so that we can bury that one star deep into the... (laughs) So people don't find it. Yeah, people will find it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. Because he he kind of, in my mind, he missed the point of the show. Yeah, Which is we're here to have fun. Yeah. 
So, uh, so yeah, go go and rate us. You don't have to. You, you, you rate us however you want to. We're not going to try to influence you. But if you rate us one star, we'll dislike you. Yeah. We, we'll prevent you from ever listening to us again. How? I don't know. We'll find a way. Well, if you rate us one star, then why are you listening to us in the first place? <laughs> Just turn us off. Anyway, uh, we'd love it if you did that. Um, you can also donate to our show. Uh, to help us out by going to thankgodimatheist.com and clicking on support. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Bye-bye.